And we are live. What's up, Mike? How's it going tonight? Doing well. I love the new intro. Like that. Like I've been up since five a.m., so that woke me up. Uh, that was that was some. It's a really cool opening you got there. Very cool. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, I worked pretty hard on that. I want to do something a little different for this show. Kind of leave the old identity behind and and start anew and and just start you know like the league did. Start a little fresh. <laughs> Yeah, who would have thought? Who would have thought if I had told you months ago that you were going to rename your show and it'd be called the UFL Insiders? I mean, you wouldn't believe me. So it's pretty crazy that we've arrived at this point. Yes, sir. The same goes for you. If you'd have told me last year you were writing for Sports Illustrated, I probably would have not Dude. believed you. So <laughs> I'm excited for very you, man. It's very strange. Yeah, I got to say, you know, very strange. I've written for XFL board since back in 2001, the original XFL. And shout out to Mark Nelson, Greg Parks, everybody on that team. Awesome site. Uh, a great message board. Um, that's where I started. And, you know, it was um, even though there's an open door policy of both that XFL UFL board. And UFL News Hub, shout out. These sites get dissed as fan sites, but um, I don't think people realize that the, these the people who run these sites actually put their money in. They actually pay their writers, all of them. Um, so that's uh, that's like a big thing. They give a lot of people starts in this in industry. Um, people have gotten jobs in the leagues starting out at these you know fan sites. People like so funny that the people who make fun of these fan sites are fans themselves. Yep. Um, who have their own message boards and discords and all this kind of stuff. So like shout out to Jay Noakes who works for the San Antonio Brahmas. He started out at news hub and you know, so it's uh it's weird cause it, it was hard leaving news hub, the news hub family hub publishing, you know, they they're still doing great work there. Pat Rafino, Sam, a lot of those guys there. Those are my boys. Uh, this is the Rafino, by the way. That's an inside joke there between Pat and I. Um, <laughs> if he listens to this, he'll know what's up with that. But, um, you know, there's uh, the um, Sports Illustrated. I've, I've been dealing with a lot of, like, uh, personal issues with my family and all that. So it's been kind of hard to dedicate myself to writing as much as I have in the past. Sports Illustrated, the division that reached out to me, um, they had, you know, they recruited me to join them. And so... Uh, they have tremendous people there. Art Garcia wrote for the XFL, xfl.com in 2020. He's one of the lead editors, the lead dogs there at UFL and CFL Fan Nation for SI. Casey Sager, if that last name sounds familiar to you, she's doing wonderful work. She just uh, great articles on the history of the USFL and XFL. She is the daughter of the legendary Bob Sager. Um, if anybody knows who that is. Uh, the big broadcaster, charismatic guy, um, uh, kind of innovator. Color. I, I can never dress like him. He was a tremendous dresser. So she's. We've got a very good team over in SI, and so it's a. Uh, it's an interesting world we're in now. You know, it's unfortunate what has happened with Sports Illustrated. You know, it's a sign of the times. Um, print media, newspapers, magazines—they're going by the wayside. VHS, yep. DVD. We weren't affected in our division. I'm a paid independent contractor. I'm not part of the union. Um, so uh, that's kind of the story there. We weren't affected by it. We're um, part of the digital medium that's there. 
Um, Anthony Miller is doing a tremendous job writing so many articles. I've written nearly 30 articles. It's hard with work life, personal life, everything else that I've got going on to dedicate myself um, to that level. But I've written nearly 30 articles in the month of January covering both the CFL and the UFL. And um, Anthony, I don't know how many articles he's written. He's written like like 150 at least. I mean, he's nonstop. He's a machine. So it's, um, so yeah, so, and I think I wrote this, like, I'm not much for tweeting. I'm not the greatest follow on social media. So, so those who do follow me, that's great. Um, that when I announced the whole SI thing and I gave a shout out to Mark Perry at Hub Publishing and thanking him for what he's done and how much money he's put into this and invested in it, um, and employed so many people, um, I said everybody who's in this space that covers these leagues is on my team. I'm on your team. I consider you guys the cool kids. So even though it turns out a lot of these so-called cool kids, um, (laughs) some of them are not so cool. So a lot of like, you know, a lot of like negative, thank goodness I don't frequent uh, Reddit's or, uh, discords or any of this other stuff out there it's I, you know i try to in the past shout out to xfl reddit cfl reddit they do good work there but a lot of these groups are just like unfortunately you know finding people who are knowledgeable have insight who are fair who aren't on that troll tip yeah, um yeah. it's very difficult i go back to, i go back to the mentions board days of xflboard.com another shout out to greg parks some of the conversations we've had there and i had a few years back were unbelievable like the most knowledgeable of fans were in these so i became a writer for these sites covering these leagues because of the message board and because mark nelson asked me if i would be interested in covering the new york new jersey hitmen uh, because he appreciated what i was writing on the board and then um when xfl 2020 came back i remembered greg from the board i said hey greg you should write about the xfl and i gotta tell you like there are very few people that can hold a candle to greg parks in this space um if if you are not you really need to like bookmark that guy read all his work uh his he's a teacher he's got a teaching background so i he does his homework um he chronicled all the XFL players that were in the NFL this past season. He keeps track of all the roster moves. Um, if you're a fan of this, the UFL now, I would suggest you go out of your way to go to uflboard.com and search. Great. There's other people there too. I'm not trying to, but I'm just saying Greg's been doing this for a while. Greg's special in this space. So um, there's a lot of really good people there. And, uh, and that cover these leagues. And um, that's, those are some of the cool kids. Some of you guys are just, you know, I just, I don't know. Uh, it, you know, it is what it is. You know, I wrote an article on Sports Illustrated um, about, and I got to get into this. I wrote an article on Sports Illustrated because I called out all the people that ran with rumors as fact. And so, and so basically, and then, you know, there are guys doing memes of graves. And talking about how the USFL was taking over the XFL and they're going to have all eight teams. It's one thing to talk about rumors, which I did. And because a lot of people within these leagues did not know what was going to happen right up until the 11th hour. Even the union itself was confused as to what's going to happen, what's going to be in, who's not going to be in, what teams are going to be in. So there were plenty of people that came to me and thought 
there would be eight teams. They thought it would be six and six, seven and five, all these different, all, an entire one single hub for all the teams with nobody playing in their markets. <laughs> so, and there were coaches and players. And believe me, there's a player that's going to be on another podcast. Shout out to Maddie Fresh that I've talked to and interacted with. And I Good talked guy. to these players. Yeah, I talked to these players, and uh, A.J. McCarron's going to be out there, and he might drop some bombs, so get ready for those articles out there. So there's going to be some interesting stuff, so shout out to him. But there are players and executives in both leagues and employees that were unsure and that were, you know, basically in my ear. So maybe should I have talked about rumors uh, during a podcast? Probably not. But um, there's a difference between talking about rumors and reporting things as facts, because the problem was that people and I, I mean, I called out people for doing this. The people that went ahead and reported that there were eight, eight USFL teams were going to be back guaranteed. It's going to be eight and four. The people who did that, they gave a false sense of security to people who assumed that their employment was going to still be in place. So I wrote an article about the generals. Uh, at usflnewshub.com. And I told in the article where they were listing their signings, um, it was one of their late, re, most latest transactions. I wrote about how there might not be a generals next year. And so there are a lot of people on the Maulers, the generals on these teams that were, act, were hoping that, and when they heard that it's going to be eight USFL teams, they're thinking, I'm secure, I'm safe, I'm going to have a job. And then what happened? They did not have a job. So it was irresponsible. And I had people on the Maulers, some tremendous coaches that were reaching out to me and um, and that have been communicating with me. And there's a lot of coaches and that are trying to get back into the league. And so, you know, it's unfortunate because even I communicated with um, a coach. I won't name who it was, but a coach on the Brahmas who asked me early on when the merger talks came out. Hey, Mike, uh, am I safe? And I said, dude, San Antonio is safe. You're, you're going to be fine. I felt bad for saying that because San Antonio was safe. The Brahmas were going to be in 100%. The problem was, little did we know that Heinz Ward was going to pass on a salary reduction. He was scheduled to make, again, reported, I reported this, scheduled to make 600 grand this season. He passed on all the coaches that agreed on January 1st to the new terms or agreeing to a reduction in pay uh, in, the, in their future when their contracts expired. <clears throat> Wade Phillips agreed to it. Anthony Beck, Reggie Barlow, etc. Was there a specified amount for that? Or um, just... They're pushing that forward. While all these coaches at the XFL side, their coaches have multi-year deals. So they're all in that six-figure range. Some guys are paid more than others. Uh, Bob Stoops, Wade Phillips. Uh, Heinz Ward was scheduled to make 600 k When they told him that if you sign on, you had to sign new paperwork because their contracts now are seasonal. So it's January 1st until July 1st for these coaches. So when Heinz Ward was told that you're going to have a reduction in salary in the future, he said, this is not what I agreed to. And who knows? I mean, he could eventually, I'm not saying this is going to happen now. Here, here I go. Right. But this is speculation <laughs> on my part, not confirmed. So anyhow, but he it's possible. He could consider litigation if he feels that there's a breach of contract, you know, it's possible. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying it's possible. So, you know, he didn't agree to it. And then it just so happened that it helped out matters because uh, in terms of Wade Phillips, because Wade was going to be out. Wade was it was going to be home, not coaching in the league if it wasn't for Heinz Ward passing. 
on on uh, on the the new agreement uh, moving forward here. So, yeah. So, and then I mean that's something I uh, reported and the, the details of that, and that was at um, uh, XFLNewsHub.com and a recent article I wrote at SI where I talked about how the league's cutting corners and how a lot of people who are working for the United Football League are taking a reduction in pay, and so. This merger has happened because of finances on both sides of the coin. Like I know, I know there's a lot of people that are like um, USFL loyalists um, and that feel like they were like shocked. Like, why would they do this merger? Why did they trim down their league? Uh, they were making tons of money. Wink, wink. Um, both sides have had issues raising funds. They both hired investment firms to raise hundreds of millions of dollars. Fox has been trying to raise money. They haven't raised a cent. The XFL side, Redbird Capital, I got the emails. Um, they tried to raise $125 million to fund the 2023 season. They didn't raise a cent. They didn't get any investors to come along for the ride. So I wasn't surprised that both sides have merged. We all were hoping for 16 teams, 12 teams, you know, and we've got eight because they're both looking to cut costs until fake it till you make it. So the end game goal, there are two end game goals. The one is not very realistic. The NFL is going to fund them. So the end game goal for them is to sell off these teams so they can have team owners take over to cover the cost of each individual team. That way player salaries can go up. You can expand the coaching staffs. So you can see with the new model here in the UFL, they've adopted the XFL side, Redbird side has adopted a lot of the USFL stuff. They've adopted the smaller active rosters. Well, 42, They've, they adopted the seasonal employees with the coaches, the limited staffs. I mean, I covered the generals um, and they basically don't, didn't have a special teams coordinator. One guy t handles the field goal block team. One hand guy handles the return. They've got coaches multitasking. So uh, hopefully that doesn't hurt the football product when you've got limited coaching staffs, uh, limited game day rosters, only 42 players. So um there's a lot of things that worry me about the quality of play this season. It's really cool. You know, I mean, this is what we're getting, right? It's easy for me to say, I don't cut the checks here, right? So, I mean, I think personally that this merger has bought both sides at least two more years because I think if they had not merged, I think the USFL would have had one more season in them and the XFL would have had one more season if that, and they would have closed up shop. So, um, they're, they're doing this. They're basically, they're, they're coming together. They figured we cannibalize each other's audience. Let's come together. Let's build this. Let's sell this. Let's use our reach on Fox and ESPN, ABC. And, you know, for the time being, they're cutting corners. They're reducing salaries. Um, there's a lot of players right now, Matthew. I got to tell you that veteran players, guys who are part of the XFL in 2023, and we might hear news break on this soon that, um, don't want to play in the league in 2024. They don't like the current setup. They don't like the elimination of win bonuses. They don't like being, um, uh, they don't want to agree to the union terms of the $1,600 monthly stipend. There's um, there's a lot of stuff that's going on behind the scenes. So like, for example, we reported at Sports Illustrated that Max Borgie um, is not going to play for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Um, now the public comment is that uh, Borg, Max Borgi is considering a new career. Um, I think it has a little more to do with uh, than uh, with him giving up playing football it has a little more to do with the new setup and the lack of pay 
because a big factor in all this is win bonuses and the coverage players have in terms of housing and hotels. It's expensive in Texas. I had one player, I can't name who it is, but you can guess on this. They uh, sent me um, in Arlington was looking for housing and they found like a, um, uh, what was it? Like a trailer for like $1,600. Like, let me see if I can find, if I can look it up here real quickly. Like the exact, it's like an RV kind of deal in, in Dallas. So <laughs> yeah, rent's but, crazy in Dallas itself for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's really, yeah. Let me just, let me just get, pop it up here because I don't want to be inaccurate on this. So it is, just so I get this, it's a camper. It's $1,483 a month. Um, it's an on-site rental on a North Texas, North Texas ranch, two beds. Um, it's a travel trailer kind of deal. And then there's another one where you got a, a, a delightful one bedroom travel trailer in Fort Worth, seventeen sixty six a month. They're giving you a break. It used to be over two thousand dollars, two thousand six bucks. So if you're getting a sixteen hundred dollar monthly stipend, you're trying to make that work. Here's the thing: if you're a single guy, young guy, you can get creative. You can live with a few guys. You can try to work it out. If you're a guy who's got kids and stuff, you got a family. You know, you don't want to be away from your family for three months, four months, all that kind of stuff. So I mean that. It's tough. These players make sacrifices. Don't get me wrong. The trade-off is you get an opportunity to play pro football. That's huge. You get an opportunity to put out a game film. Last year, the USFL and XFL combined to have nearly 120 players that got uh, signed on with NFL teams. So that's awesome. I mean, so I mean, and the CFL had whatever it was, like 15. So um, there's a big difference in playing in the States versus playing in Canada. And I'm a CFL oh, supporter. Sure what you're playing in NFL, you're playing in NFL style league. So you're going to get better, more opportunities to, to, to sign on NFL teams and make it. And I believe there's about 40 or so players that finished the NFL season um, on NFL rosters that played both in the USFL and XFL in 2023. So um, there's a lot of different factors here that are involved in, uh, in this season. I'm excited that it's taking place. This is what we got here. You know, I also wrote an article that I feel like this is our last shot. Like if you're looking for a viable entity to, to come along, um, you can't get much stronger than this in terms of exposure and backing, you know, not too many leagues, you know, major league football has been trying to launch for like five years and they were paying their players with like bags of chips and $50 bills or whatever. And they had their, their, they had complete, they had so many issues with their jamborees and everything else. These leagues all talk a good game, but how to, you know, getting the exposure package of being on Fox and ABC and ESPN and all that, all the commercials we see during the NFC championship. I think this is our last, unless the NFL does it. And I live the NFL doing it, by the way, I, I lived in a world where Peter King was writing articles for sports illustrated, where he said 10 ways to make the NFL uh, not be boring. There was a time where the NFL was considered a boring league, believe it or not. And I remember the NFL starting the World League of American Football, and they had teams in Canada and across across the world and in non-NFL markets, and it didn't work out. So maybe one day the NFL will attempt to start their own spring league, or maybe they'll fund the United Football League. But uh, um, I don't. I think this is our last shot. If this doesn't work, Matthew, uh, I can't. I don't know who's coming along behind this to try. I mean, there will be people who try, but I don't know if they'll have this kind of reach and power to, to get it done. So we'll see what happens. Oh, hey, guys, I know you're asking questions. I don't want to interrupt him, so I'm just letting him talk. 
we will get to questions towards the end. I promise. Like we've been doing previous. Um, yeah, Mike, it, it's, uh, it, I figured whenever this happened, because it was so spur of the moment so fast that it was to survive financially. I mean, at the end of the day, we know that's what it's about. Look at any of the past, the history from these leagues, spring leagues or, or alternatives and same, same stuff that goes on. I mean, it, it, the history kind of repeats itself on this. Uh, the money just isn't there sometimes for them. And unfortunately without that money, I, those seats, I've said this, there. I've said this a million times, Matthew, and I've, and I've written this a million times for several years now, especially since 2018 when the XFL made their way back and I was writing about the AAF. Um, so I, People don't realize how expensive these leagues are to run. I mean, they are super expensive. So, I mean, it costs tens of millions of dollars for insurance. And that's why they're doing what they're doing with the Arlington Hub, cutting costs with travel, the tax breaks they get in Texas. That's why these two leagues are putting together their kind of like fiscally responsible financial models. They're putting it together. And if you look at it, like the USFL side, the Fox side, it's like they're only front, they're only taking uh paying for, I guess, for lack of a better term, four teams. The XFL side now, Redbird, is only uh financing four teams. So they went to eight. So the fact they didn't go to 16 tells you where they were at, you know, from a revenue standpoint. And they both don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They see the potential light at the end of the tunnel with them being together. So I'm not saying that it's going to work out for them or not, but we'll see. I mean, the quality of football is important. Them attracting, I wrote about this at SI2 during this month about how there's a reduction. Last year, a lot of people weren't too privy to this. Like AJ McCarron was making $200,000. Um, Jordan Tiamo was making six figures. Brett Hundley, there were quarterbacks. Now, Brett Hundley didn't really work out, but we know how good Jordan Tiamo was as Offensive Player of the Year, effectively the MVP of the league when you get that. Uh, honor AJ McCarron had who I thought maybe should have been the offensive player of the year that's either here nor there those guys are making six figures they're not making six figures that's why again reported at SI by myself that Jordan Tayamo hasn't agreed to join the league now hopefully he does but it's a big step back from making six figures to agreeing a 55k with no win bonuses now this union uh which is now went from being the USFLPA to labeling itself the UFLPA um, they're talking about player of the week bonus. So you get a thousand dollars. If you win the MVP at the end of the season, you get a bonus, but that's a big difference from the bonuses they got. Like there were defenders players last year that made a good chunk of change because they won 10 games, nine in the regular season, one playoff. They went to the championship game and all that. The win bonuses were a big factor and they provided added incentive. Um, so, you know, I, quality of play is going to be important, you know, the active roster side to me is a problem attracting quarterbacks. This is basically it. Like the, the UFL now, they're not going to compete against themselves before you had the XFL and USFL. They were competing against each other. So you could like, you know, under the table, give a quarterback more money, but why would they pay an AJ McCarron 500 K or 200 K? Why would they pay him 200 K now when there's where else are you going to go AJ? So, and you know, AJ has the money. He doesn't have to play in this league. If he doesn't want to, he's playing the NFL. He's got the pension coming, all that kind of stuff. But there are other guys. Basically, what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a position where you're going to end up getting players that have no other options, that the NFL window is closed on them, and they're looking for an opportunity. You're not going to be able to attract the players. And we've seen, exactly. you know, there's some veteran players like, yeah, you got veteran players like Josh Gordon and all that who tried the, and again, reported SI, 
Uh, Josh Gordon would not did not sign a letter of intent. It's not going to be part of, you know, unless he has a, all of a sudden a change of heart. Um, he'd be doing it for the love of the game because, you know, it's uh, a lot of these guys, like in a situation like Josh Gordon, they got enough money in the bank. They don't really need to play for 55K. So no. it's part of the spring football world, too. You get, you get veterans who try the league for one year, give it one last shot, and then go, you know what, I'm out. Um, so that's uh, kind of the story there. But, you know, I worry about quality of play. Hopefully the quality of play is good. It's not – I'm not knocking the players nor the coaches. I think the coaches, uh, these coaching staffs are understaffed. I think that these guys have the multitask. The coaches that work in spring pro football work so hard. You got guys who coach like three or four positions at once. You got a coach like Ty Knott, who coached for the Seattle Sea Dragons last year, had the top special teams, had the top special teams in the AAF as well. He was coaching wide receivers too. The Dragons had the best uh, the best numbers uh, any receiving core last year as well in the XFL. So, I mean, guys like that, they, they end up multitasking, wearing several different hats at once. And so these coaches have it real hard. The players in these league, the players in these leagues are very talented. So it's not it's 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 about how they you know how you run the football operation, you know the directors of player personnel, the GMs, right? The Von Hutchins, all these guys, Mark Lillybridge, these guys are overwhelmed too. I mean, these guys have a very hard job. They don't have a scouting staff. They have to do it on their own. So you're asking a lot of these players and coaches and these GMs to put out quality. And then if you have limited salaries from a GM perspective. That makes it a little harder to recruit certain guys. You'd love to see like a Trace McSorley play for the defenders in DC. That would be a nice fit. But you know, um, if you're not if you're not paying uh an enticing salary, um, you may not be able to reel those kind of guys in. We'll see what happens. It all makes plenty of sense to me. And I'm curious to see how it plays out when the the final rosters come out or, or the practice rosters come out. It'll be uh, I don't know, man. Talking about all this, and somebody made a point. Let me go back in the comments. Da, da, da. So it was Brahma Babe. She's one of our contributors here. She said, Mike, do these factors you mentioned contribute to the schedule not coming out mid-January as stated by the league, in your opinion? I don't know. We're supposed to get the rules in the schedule soon. In, in regards to the schedule, they're still ironing out. I mean, it's no secret that they – that they are um, going to end up playing with Houston at Rice Stadium. They did look at other options like Shell Energy, so I don't know what the delay is there. They have to lock down where Houston's going to be playing, get that done, and then release the, uh, the the team schedule as well as the TV schedule. You know, I have access to the ratings. I get them from the network, so I can't wait to see how many big network games there are. There was a big factor last year. All the XFL games on big network television average over a million viewers. And then there was a big difference when they were on like FX or what have you. So I'm hoping for as many Fox and ABC games as possible during this. There is a delay in schedule. It's supposed to come out soon. Um, I reached out to the league office. They're like, patience, Mike. Um, but I but I I know the rule. Let's see how they roll it out. Like you, you, you can't just do a random social media tweet or post about this stuff. You should. There should be some pizzazz to how you release your TV schedule. There should be some totally pizzazz agree. how you do your rules. Like have Dean Blandino and Mike Pereira together going over the rules, which, by the way, uh, RIP XFL kickoff, which is kind of funny to me because 
the CFL is considering the XFL kickoff for safety reasons and all that, bringing the return back in. They're actually looking at it. The NFL has been considering it. I don't know where the NFL is going to land with it. I don't think the CFL will land with the XFL kickoff, but I find it fascinating that they're even considering it, right? So it's funny that the XFL won't be using the kickoff. I know there's a lot of traditionalists that don't like the XFL kickoff because it, it looks unorthodox. It's strange looking. There's like some strange rules attached to it, unique circumstances. So the USFL kickoff, it brings back the kickoff and it, you're kicking off from like your own 20 yard line. So you're guaranteeing that the other team's going to have great field position on every, uh, on every drive. They start off in midfield. I wonder why they got three points. So, um, but at, but you get the return. I love the kickoff return. It doesn't address the safety issue. So um, if we're sticking with the, uh, as long as you keep the kickoff in, I don't care what the kickoff is. I would prefer the XFL kickoff because I I feel like it addresses both, bringing the return back and addresses safety. So I mean, so there it is what it is. I understand. It's funny, like the Dallas Cowboys were practicing with Cavante Turpin using the XFL kickoff in practice to during practices. Uh, to limit limit contact, and then and then the CFL and the NFL are considering it. Now the UFL may not have that kickoff. So as far as the schedule goes, and I know sometimes to make a point, I go all the way around my back to touch my elbow. Sorry, <laughs> but um, but yeah, there. I think the rice thing is holding up. Yeah, exactly, flexible like that. Um, I think the I think the the rice thing is holding up that schedule a little bit. Like again, here we go again with that stuff. Get it ironed out. I mean, you have plenty of time for this stuff. Get it ironed out. We went through this with Vegas last year. They they look they looked at Bishop Gorman and all kinds of weird high school options. Just iron it out. Get the schedule out there because they they've actually done real well in terms of advanced ticket sales, which is surprising considering all the uncertainty that was surrounding the league. They stuck with the Roughnecks because of the simple fact that they had decent advanced ticket sales for that. So they kept that brand, even though they have gamblers, coaches, and players. So it's kind of strange how that all. Uh, again, when I reported the eight markets, I purposely didn't report gamblers because I knew that I knew that it was still in play for the Roughnecks. So hopefully if this was, a, you know, this league has to do, they cut corners in so many ways, but you know, and they have added time because they're starting off in March 30th rather than February, right? But you have to just put out your schedule, put out your rules. You, you have to put out your schedule and start selling tickets. You have to start, you set up your TV schedule, start promoting that. And do it the right way. Roll it out the correct way. Don't just do it like as a matter, as a matter of fact, UFL PR press release. Oh, by the way, destroying who had one extra point attempt in college is going to really have a legitimate shot to be the Brahma's kicker. Look, I, I give him all the credit in the world for being a social media maven and doing a great job with his videos. I never watched a single one of them, but you know, for having all the followers that he has. But I mean, him being a kicker, I mean, that's hopefully that PR stunt works because that's what, you know, hopefully it draws in some added fans or something. But I, that, you know, that's I don't the know. goal. I mean, he's an athlete, so he may be able to do it seriously. Yeah, you know, that one extra point in college was impressive. And so I know he, <laughs> I, I know he was with my Argos. I know he was with my Argos and he attempted a 19 yard field goal in, in Canada and was on the practice roster with the Argos a few years back. And he was at UCF and he looks like a good athlete and all that. But I mean, it is what it is. I know the XFL in 2020 had PFT commenter um, come out there and he kicked field goals with Hunter Niswander and all that stuff. And that was done as a gag. That was kind of fun, right? That wasn't like he's really coming in to be the kicker, right? So, but 
I mean, it is what I don't know. Like even still, like destroying. Um, he's I, is he going to get to the regular season as a kicker? Like, is are any of these practices? I guess you could put him on social media, but like what? <laughs> Mike G said uh, he has never missed a kick in a professional game. <laughs> There's that right, and nor have I. Nor have I. So <laughs> I've never. Nor have I. So that's I got that going for me. <laughs> so, I can kick. One. I can the kick. Brain. I played. I played football at Christopher Columbus uh, High School. I was wide receiver and a gunner. Played some DBs. So I can kick a forty-yard field goal. So I know I can do it. I know I've talked to quite a few kickers that are on the smaller end of leagues, and even at that position, them guys are just athletes. I mean, people can say, "Oh, they're kicking." Yeah, they'll hit you too. And it, no, <laughs> like, oh. seriously, uh, oh, that's a hard job. Being a being a specialist is a hard job. You can't afford to like. You have to be perfect. Your technique has to be perfect every time out. You know, you and and you know, and not every kicker gets a hundred percent. We know this, right? Even Justin Tucker misses, but like that's really hard. If you're just off a hair, uh, you know, it's a, and then you get the yips. You know, you can kind of like we've seen it where a kicker all of a sudden gets ice cold. I know Matt Amendola is in the league now. We'll see what happens with him. Maybe he's gonna have to compete with a YouTuber. But um, but um, I mean. It is what it is. And this league is looking for any attention it can get. So they see the level of views this guy has and subscribers. And they figure maybe that. But they tried that last year with him. That experiment yeah, when he – that was good. horrible. Yeah, that boring. Hey, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just too much of a traditionalist. But him on the no, sideline, him on the sidelines just like stuttering left and right, not even yo, yo, yo. It just didn't work for me. Like that – they just – I'm sorry. I, I'm all saying. for trying – I'm all for trying something different and fun. Um, and it's, well, I don't see the value. I don't see the value. You could, how about, how about like promoting your league more? How about actually like concentrating on things that will make your football teams better? Uh, how about scouting, doing a better job of scouting players, um, you know, and uh, recruiting players to the league? Those things are more important to me. Agreed, 100%. But who knows? With, <laughs> Who knows what this is important to or what party, basically, at this point. We don't know. Um, let's see. We got a question here. We know that Vegas's venue had to manage other events occurring there. But with Rice, I don't understand what could be delaying them locking down a contract so long. Rice soccer doesn't play in spring, and their lacrosse team would have only had two weeks that, com that conflict with the UFL season. It's got to be. It's got to be money. That's from KJ. That's, Sorry. Yeah, that's a very good job, uh, KJ. Spot on. Another to me, Yeah, I know that, like I said, I mentioned this. I don't know if it's been reported anywhere else. Sometimes I do this in my articles. I bury my own lead. I, I know that they were um, looking into Shell Energy was where the Dynamo play. That's a little tough with these. That's a nice stadium. I love the like the Audi field kind of Audi field mm -hmm. kind of stadiums, yeah. that vibe. But I, I think sometimes it's a little difficult to make an arrangement because of scheduling, because of um, sometimes having to, you know, put down money for the upkeep of the field and all that kind of stuff. So I, I know the XFL in 2020 paid a lot for the uh, at Audi Field to do that. So I, I, I got to think that they're trying to, knowing them, the way they kind of like cut corners with things. I'm trying. I'm try I think they're trying to see if they can get the best deal possible with Rice. I don't know what they're leveraging them. Why play around at this point? I mean, they did this last year, and we had that disgrace at Cashman. So 
I mean, they they legitimately scouted Bishop, Bishop Gorman and all that, and we're thinking about that. I know that's a high end uh, for a high school field and all that, but I mean, uh, then we ended up with a situation where, like, we saw it. We saw how horrible. They, I mean, thank God they didn't have any injuries there. It looked ugly, and then it had uh, so just so happened it rained that day too, which made it even funnier. Um, if I'll never like forget the, that. Never. Yeah. If you, if lot. you like. If you like disasters, if you root for disasters, that was a good one. The only thing was like, thank goodness it didn't happen. But that whole stand they had for the broadcast team shaking, yeah, yeah shaking like that did not. <laughs> that, that was a disaster waiting to happen. So anyhow, but I, I do think I honestly believe because I haven't heard otherwise. They, you know, they, they got to be at the one yard line by now. Like you, you know. But I honestly believe that they're trying to see if they can. I don't know what kind of sweetheart deal you can get out of that. I don't know what why they're messing with it. Hurry up with it. Get your schedule out there. Start selling tickets. You guys are doing a good job, like uh, somewhat um, adv- advanced ticket sales and all that. I know that the XFL, it was funny because Seattle was one of the top ticket sellers uh, for advanced t- ticket sales and then no longer with us. Rest, our rest in peace, Sea Dragons. Yeah, that's crazy. To be the what do you think about that? Yeah. So, I mean, so it is what it is. You know, DC is doing really well. We know DC's surpassed already season ticket sales from a year ago. So they're doing really well there. And they're going to have packed houses and awesome crowds all the time. Same thing in St. Louis. But these other markets, you need to do a better job. Houston underwhelmed last year. The Roughnecks were a disappointment at the box office. Um, they, they did not live up to their 2020 uh, team. And they just didn't do as well. Arlington was a disappointment. They spent the whole time in the hub. And and they didn't do very well. Like, I mean, it was an awful, whatever, 10, 11 grand. That's fine. But you felt like they could have done much better in Texas than they did. San Antonio got off to a hot start. And then the team wasn't very good. And then their 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 attendance waned as the season went along. So they, if you want to sell tickets and all this stuff, you got to start getting ahead of things. Like, you know, Russ Brandon. See, I get in trouble. I don't care. So Russ, I'm critical. Russ Brandon, all these guys in the league, they they need to do a better job. You need to you 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 start moving. I agree. And we what we talked about this in August when you came on was it August? I mean, yeah. it was the same topic, and we've had all these changes occur, but we still haven't fixed this one big small issue over here. You know. Yeah, well, you know, like the, the the look, we're here because I know it was reported by Forbes that the XFL lost only only sixty million dollars. Anybody who was in the industry was shocked to hear that it was only sixty because of how expensive these leagues are, operating eight teams, et cetera, et cetera. You can do the math there, dividing sixty by eight. But um, I know that they they were over a hundred million dollars that they lost uh, last season. So here's why we're doing the merger, right? So, and I understand. Um, that there, there are certain uh, limitations that are taking place this year for in order for them to be functional and get to the next phase. But you get, you get what you put in. Agreed. You know? So yeah, it is what it is. We had another comment. There was no promotion of teams in local markets at all last year. And I mean, there was very little, but there was, there was some, but very little if that. And speaking from personal experience and covering, you know, I a hundred percent can say the same things. What I noticed is it was poor planning sometimes there would be back-to-back weekly games with events in houston that you know people probably aren't going to miss on a saturday night don't have the game that night (laughs) switch locations do something to combat that make people want to come to you it 
You know, yeah, and it's telling. It's telling, Matthew. Like, what were the two best markets in all of spring pro football last year? And this includes the USFL. It's St. Louis and DC. And it's telling they this new ownership group with the XFL now UFL. They didn't earn that St. Louis and DC. That was by default. They they inherited that. So the Battlehawks, we knew St. Louis was going to come out for the Battlehawks. It was good that they were good. We knew D.C. was going to support the defenders. They did in 2020. They had rowdy crowds back then. I mean, this ownership group didn't even know a beer snake existed when opening week came. They had to like, oh, boy, what, what's going on? And what is this beer snake stuff? Well, don't buy a league if you don't know anything about it. Got to learn the culture, man, if you want to fit in. That's just mm. the way it is. I mean, Rock and Danny, they say all the, these great things. But, I mean, like, you know, do your homework. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, it's a it, – I'm I'm kind of glad we started with the bad, and we're gonna to get to some good. But oh, I tend to focus on a lot of that stuff because all, I, I mean I'm, these are important, and people are asking. People these don't like the questions. fan. The fanboys don't like it. The fanboys don't like it. But, this show isn't like, made for fanboys. This yeah, is made I'm for sorry. fans. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like you know the fanboys don't like it, but if you don't like it, me saying that you know proof is in the pudding, right? Here we are. We got the two leagues merged. Uh, they they cut their leagues in half to come together. Oh, boy. I know the schedule is going to help out a lot. So as soon as we get that, we'll have a lot more happy people. But every week we wait, people are planning events, vacations, concerts, uh, whatever. Springtime is a, is a time where a lot of people do things. And they have that established before, especially in today's economy, the way you have to. So schedule is crucial. 100%. Yeah, and I think there's so, there's so much upside if we're going to get positive. There's so much upside with Birmingham with memphis with uh michigan they can do some i mean i got some of the attendance figures for some of those games it's not pretty like and then people ask me like you know please do not release it so i didn't do it right if i wanted to be a jerk and i was biased i could have put 175 near a stars game in michigan right so if i wanted to right so and they they really need to you know I think that schedule is important. I'm really interested in the TV schedule. Like I I'm, I'm fast. I think the you can artificially um, bring the numbers up if you have more games in prime time because people are home, yep. and if you have more games on network television. So I think the, those are big factors for the rate. I think you'll see the ratings if they do it correctly. I think you'll see the ratings go up. Um, if there are more games on network television rather than like the XFL 2 a.m. games on FX or the ESPN plus app. Oh yeah. The or ESPN <laughs> plus app. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's hmm, man. It's tough for me. Cause I I've been waiting on this schedule for so long, so long. <laughs> I think they're going to, I think you're going to see major improvement. I think, I think you're going to see improvement on the Birmingham, the Memphis and the Michigan side. I mean, you can you got nowhere to go but up. Birmingham did somewhat respectable. Michigan improved a little bit towards the end of the year. The Memphis market was okay. And I think there's a lot of smoke right now that Memphis could be the first team to be sold to an owner. So we'll see. That would be great. I mean, that could be the first domino to fall. You need more than one owner, by the way, but it helps. It definitely helps. So I think those, I think Fox got into this because they think with the promotional vehicle, the whole rock thing, Danny, all this stuff, you know, they were disappointed. And to Moose's credit to Daryl Johnson, who's now, you know, the head of football 
for the uh, for the United Football League. He was very public about how disappointed he was in the attendance in Birmingham and the other markets. And one of the main reasons this merger is occurring is because they feel like they can really boost their attendance and do better. Not have a dead product where you're putting in fake crowd noise and all that. Have actual invested fans in your games like DC had, like St. Louis had. Yeah, see, that's what I was going to ask you next. I mean, should we assume that that TV rating is what we're chasing here and opposed to, to fan attendance, you know, kind of like the USFL did? Yeah, I think you, you, um, you know, the USFL, the ratings went down in year two because anybody who sampled the product, they looked the same as the year prior. So, like, for diehards like me who watches every game multiple times, it doesn't matter, right? You can, you can play in a parking lot. I'll watch the game. But for regular – the big thing these leagues need to do is to attract some level of mainstream football fans to watch their league, to sample, to give it a shot. And ratings are important, but they also – and it's I'm amazed with like Jerry Carr now because he talked a good game about this stuff, but they haven't really worked at it. And that's creating multiple revenue streams, being able to mm, being able to I hate to put it this way, profit off the fan base when they're not at games to make money off fans when they're not at games. That's where the NFL and other successful sports leagues succeed is that people are constant customers and consumers of the product year in year out it's not just the three hours during the game so you need to find a way to monetize your fan base uh, and that's through gambling that's through fantasy football that's through merchandising i mean the xfl like, i couldn't believe how awful they were last year they, they bragged about the under armor deal and then they didn't even released their jerseys until late in the year and when they did they were like it was a mortgage payment <laughs> For a Vegas Vipers jersey that and you, you can had only eat, two, two and you can only you can yeah. only do two numbers. <laughs> that was what got me. Mortgage payment for two numbers, and so and you know this ish. I'm sorry, man. I'm like you know it's like it. The, you killed your own revenue streams. You wonder why you lost a hundred million dollars. You're so they're not and it, what it appears to me from what I can see is they're not going to utilize they're not going to have an app that utilizes fantasy and gambling to profit that way. They're not going to be invested in the fantasy element. Um, they're bare boning. They're doing a bare bones operation all the way around and they're hoping whatever they get, they get by default. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if this league's around past 2025. I hope so. Rick 8-Bit, uh, he's another contributor. He said. Town halls will help this year, hopefully. And I agree. It almost looks like 2020 again. Yeah, and you can see, like, in St. Louis, the uh, credit to Anthony Beck and the people of St. Louis, they did a good job of connecting people locally. And D.C. Reggie Barlow, they need to – the town halls should help. I like that I've seen that in the la last few days, the Mike Nolans and all these different people that associate with the league head coaches are meeting up with fans and all that. Plant seeds. I love it. That's cool, right? So – um Got to start somewhere. So that, that is a positive, and that'll help with attendance for sure. For sure. Yes, sir. So we basically hit some of our schedule without even <laughs> doing it. So that worked out well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Rick Apit did a great, he had a great tweet um, where he predicted the week one schedule. I liked it, commented on it. He did a very nice job. I like the whole week one. Uh, USFL versus XFL. I think that's one of the things that I know some people, 
I mean, it depends on your opinion. Some people feel like maybe the USFL, XFL conference is maybe not the way to go. But I, I like the fact that this league is embracing that rivalry and still keeping those two brands alive, even if it's just in conference name. I know that in perfect world, it'd be geographic and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I think the week one element of, you know, the bragging rights, renegades and stallions, uh, you know, and that the potential of although one of the matchups I think Rick 8-Bit had was, was Brahmas versus Roughnecks, which technically is USFL versus XFL now because the Roughnecks are a USFL yep. team. But um, I like the idea of all those teams playing with each other. And I think that's going to be one of the fun elements for the people who've been following these leagues when how do the Stallions stack up to the defenders? How do they stack up to the uh, XFL teams? How, you know, and vice versa and all the way around. Trying to find that post, man. Got lost. Yeah, it's it's if I'm not mistaken, if it, I'm I'm assuming it was Rick because Rick, it was puts Rick. Out, yeah, he puts out very good stuff. I love the whole eight bit concept. I think that's very cool. I'm very retro, tech, cool. I, I'm a super tech mobile guy still to this day, or Tecmo Super Bowl, however you want to put that. So, um, I, those old video games, I love that stuff. So, hey, I'm if into you ever want to play, send, shoot him a message. He'll help you out, get it all lined out. But oh, that's, that, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, he's got a very unique talent, and so he, I'm glad we got him on the team for sure. I'd like to see one. Of, I'd like to see one of those games you got on the screen on ABC in a perfect world. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. I see two Fox games there. That does make sense. Um, one of the games being in prime time would be beneficial. Um, I think from a rating standpoint, maybe throw that DC game uh, or something like that in prime time, or the St. Louis game when prime time would be fun, like to cap off week one. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that I think that would be uh, the, some good stuff. It's I, I, I bring up a lot of the negatives and stuff that I'm like uh, have trepidation and issues with, but uh, the football aspect will be fun for sure. Yeah, no doubt. That's going to be the best part. We'll actually get to celebrate at the point the football <laughs> actually begins. I can't I'm, wait to actually do I, shows on games. I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's going to be fun, right? So what do you think about uh, the drafts? Let's talk about that. Uh, um, just your overall opinion. What do you think before we even do anything else? Um, the transparency wasn't great. Again, um, I like the idea of like letting the fan base know um, who's in the draft pool. You know, I, instead of like, you know, I reported that, you know, guy, we knew the guys who didn't sign letters of intent, like the Josh Gordons, the Eric King, they weren't going to be drafted. But then there's like a gray area there which where you don't know which players are in the league and which are not, which have passed on playing in the league. So and then that first dispersal draft, that was that was a mess because they could have capital. They for whatever reason, they decided internally that, you know, because there's so many players are going to be left out, not getting drafted. Let's not publicize this, but they could have made a bigger deal of it. Did it live online. They decided not to. I had. GMs, coaches, players asking me not to release information. Don't tip picks. Don't do this. So, uh, you know, I tried to honor that best as I could. I can't say that other people didn't reach out to uh, the uh, uh, the uh, SI people there. So, um, so with with picks, but it it was it was kind of I wasn't. You could have done a better job. It's kind of a cool concept. It's not a foreign concept. It's been done before in other leagues. Uh, dispersal draft. It's unfortunate that we're going from 16 teams to eight. Could have been built up and presented better. Um, it was unique. I think the second layer of it, 
like well, I was fascinated by it, like because I like to see like what because both leagues were available then. You know, and initially it was USFL team picked from the USFL side, XFL, even though there was confusion there from the league office. They weren't sure where the roughnecks were going to be picked and not. So they gave me some faulty info and then had to apologize afterwards, which was funny. They weren't even sure, like, which pool the roughnecks players are going to be in or if one side could pick from five teams or whatever. Anyhow. So right, I, I right thought, now you're talking about phase two, right? That's that's yeah, what well, you're talking about, correct? Phase two, yeah, phase two is better than phase one. At least they 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 presented the picks, and I like the fact that there were teams that were, you know, now you got to see a USFL team specifically take some players from the XFL that they liked, you know, their GMs liked and said, Oh yeah, I saw him on film. I gotta get him on my roster. You know, you saw DC picking up players like that from the USFL side. So um, there were a lot of good players that weren't selected. I'm baffled why Jeff Bidette wasn't drafted by anyone. I'm surprised the CFL team, you know, four two forty guys don't grow on trees. And so, um, uh, I'm, and Jeff Bidette was one of the better. Once he was finally healthy in an offense that suited him, he was really starring for Vegas. Unfortunately, he got hurt. So he was really, he got off to a hot start uh, last season. So I'm surprised. He was in the league. I'm surprised at quarterback. Now, this could be something that I know Jeff Bidette wanted to get drafted. Um, I'm still puzzled by the whole DeAndre Johnson thing uh, with the generals. I think the defenders, I'm underwhelmed by uh, DeAndre Francois as their quarterback, as one of their quarterback choices there. Better hope he's not their answer to Jordan Teamu. He's lucky to even be in the league from a talent perspective. I think I would have definitely gone towards a Steven Montez who went to the CFL or a DeAndre Johnson, who I think is a perfect fit. Now, maybe DeAndre doesn't want to play in the league. I don't know that. Um, maybe he's looking into other options or what have you, but he's too talented to not be on one of these rosters. So there are aspects of the dispersal draft that I found fascinating. I just think it was poorly laid out and poorly promoted, and it could have been done so much better. It could have been a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah, the whole leaking as fun as as fun as you as yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Matthew. As fun as it yeah, it's as fun as it can be because I know understand a little bit of the somber side of it because a lot of players we're talking about the league got you know went from 800 players to two leagues to now only 400 whatever it is for camp now 600 I guess 75 per team, but they didn't want to celebrate like the fun aspect of like all these teams picking and plucking players that they like from teams that have dissolved. Right. But um, I get that part of it. It's kind of somber, all these players out of work, but I, I think they could have done a better job of hyping up the players and hyping up the process. And, you know, uh, with the understanding that, you know, they're the certain teams are gone no longer with us, five of them, whatever it is. Yeah, to me, it seems tough to make picks as well when all the rules aren't released. Like, it, your teams are kind of structured around what you think, and it definitely yeah, and then on your rules. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like a little bit shady. Like, oh wait a minute, okay. So then we had that little controversy there where there was a trade that happened after the XFL season, and where that tra changed draft positioning because during one of the, I guess it was the rookie draft, rookie rights draft, or one of those drafts. It was a trade that took place on the clock between, I believe it was like the Brahmas and the Renegades where the Renegades got the first pick because they made a deal. So there's not enough transparency there to let people know like why Arlington has the first pick, that kind of deal, right? So um, it confuses your fan base and it makes you think like, what is this closed door BS going yep, on? You know, it's exactly. like, it's like, 
like, wait a minute, wink, wink, you know? So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, sure, sure. They made a trade four months ago. So anyway, so anyhow, it's, um, they could do a better job with that, but they, it, that hasn't been their strong suit to, to promote the players in their league. DeMarcus said they may have thought that making a show of people losing their jobs was a bit distasteful. That's definitely correct, DeMarcus. I know that for a fact because when I reached out to the league and I expressed my concern, uh, that was one of the main reasons they said was that they didn't want to, especially in that first go-round. The second go-round, they they released results, but they they treaded carefully with their – and I respect that. I totally get it. I totally get it. I just feel like if you're going to have a draft, treat it like a draft. You know, like, like, and, and don't wait like four or five days after the fact because the information got out there anyway. Who, who immediately. Got immediately, immediately, yeah. Players were telling it, players were blowing it up, everybody was blowing it up. So there was no getting around the fact that certain guys weren't going to be selected. Got some more names here from Royce. Royce said, Bidet, Johnny Dixon, Brian Williams, etc. Will they land somewhere after the initial roster cuts happen? You would hope so, but like, you know, I know these teams are still adding players and we see the press releases that are going out there. It's basically the players that were selected during the dispersal draft or protected officially putting pen to paper to commit for the season. Those players you mentioned, Brian Hill, not Brian Williams. Be nice to see Brian Hill back um, with the with the Battle Hawks. I do see, I know he spent some time with the Niners during the season. He could be back. He was a good all-around player for St. Louis last season. I do see that very interesting signing today, officially released by the Battlehawks, replacement for Borgie, uh, Max Max Borgie, um, is Wayne Gallman. Uh, they signed a running back, so that's a nice pickup by them. But I, I'd like to see Brian Hill back in the league. But that surprises me. I don't – I can't quite figure that one out. That's one of those um, – uh, that's just one of those deals where I don't know. It can't be a character thing because Jeff Bidette is not a bad guy at all. And so I don't know. I'm not in those buildings, right? But I haven't heard anything negative about him. So that's kind of like surprising to me that he's not. And he showed a lot when he was on the field last year. I know Destro- it's more important to have a guy like destroying in the league because he has one for one on extra points in college. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's impressive. <laughs> but um, but, um, but I, I get it. You need three kickers at camp, but um, you know, to battle it out with no preseason games. But um, but uh Jeff Bidette should be on a roster. It's ridiculous that he's not. Now let me ask you this, and <clears throat> strictly, I mean, speculation. If you don't remember, I mean, he released some pretty vital info back when all the leaks were dropping. Could it have yeah. something to do with that incident? It's petty if it does. I mean, Mark Agreed. Thompson, Mark Thompson, good lord. Did he the the running back for the now Roughnecks? Uh, he's he's not the greatest Roughnecks running back uh, ever. Uh, James Butler is no, but anyhow, but um, but yeah, Mark Thompson. A lot of these players came out with and were were public about information and all that, and they were trying. And you got to remember, there were so many people that were asking them, DMing them, wanting to know. So many players and coaches were in the dark during this whole process. So they're like, they're happy that some information, even though there was a lot of false info that got out there, and it's through nobody's fault. Like Neil Stratton is a tr- uh, tremendous, tremendous football guy. He communicates with so many players and agents. He also had information there uh, out there about, you know, uh, info from people, from agents and all that, that were were not accurate, right? 
Because so I mean, uh, and, you know, with the six and six, uh, Ballzer I think had information there. So if but that's punished for that reason, the league's upset at him. I mean, that's very petty. That's very petty. But yeah, the kickers, you know, go with the guy who's got one extra point in college. Hey, before I ban this guy, I just want to call him out. It's the the resident troll is here, Mike. What's up, Duck? I'm glad that you stopped by the show. You're always welcome. Mm. Um, but right now, I'm sorry. We're, adults are speaking. You have to take that yeah. back over to the, another show. Sorry. It's funny. I don't know. It, uh, it's, it's interesting. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of. Yeah, I saw the comment. The comment made me laugh. I'm, I'm going to address it. That. I mean, I didn't mind one, but two. It was. It never. He's just going to hop on a burner and keep the, doing it with a different the, account. It's all good. I mean, yeah. you got You look. If you like trolling, and if that's what you like to do, then go for it. You know, I mean, like it, it makes you happy. You know, the the comment did make me laugh. So it like, made me laugh as well. I'm not gonna lie. That's what I say. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's funny. It's funny, but <laughs> like, uh, but oh, but no. it's just you know. But that's part of the troll game. The troll game is to like you're not really supposed to like be rooted in fact or logic and all that. You're supposed to like just say stuff that's out there that's nuts. You know, just to mess with somebody. I was so, down yeah. for that that character until he started being on their show. And they have a show that they do on Mondays. It's like, all right, dude, now you got to kind of be serious. It's not going to do much for you, Ducky. I gotta, t- I gotta tell you, there's a lot of show, there's a lot of shows out there that I don't. I can't keep up either, Mike. They're, they're, not, they're not on my radar. There's so many. There's very few that I actually listen to. Um, you, you get it like one minute in. There's some groups out there, you know, that just just put put something out of value, like some knowledge, some insight. That would, I understand. Oh, and or be funny. Uncircumcised peen is funny. Uh, that is kind of funny. So I will give you that one. I will give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I kicked him is I'm not commenting 25 times. I do have European heritage, so you know that the, the uncircumcised <laughs> thing is always a possibility. Always a possibility. Oh my lord! Oh my. Eddie, uh, moving on. <laughs> so we got the draft out of the way. We had the three rounds of the draft: phase one, phase right. two, phase three. Personally, watching that, I kind of wish they would have simplified that. It was very confusing at certain degrees, and unless you're plugged in like us, you were kind of left wondering what the hell is going on and when's my team pick. And that's kind of yeah. what I gathered from the general public's understanding of it. Uh, yeah, so I wish it had been Transpar- just a little more simpler. Transparency, you know, it, like that's the key. Like that, that's how you know providing information. That's how you get people invested in what you're doing. You know, it's like uh, don't act like it's like a chore. You know, like oh, oh yeah, we got to put out a press release. Here it is. Here's a list. Uh, we wrote it down on white paper. Here it is. Here's a couple names. Make make it seem more special, like interesting. You know, well, the Twitter. Build up anticipation. The second round, it was pretty good. And we had a lot of people making custom graphics for players. And I thought that was awesome because right. there are so many different kinds. But majority of them were fan-driven. XFL or UFL, excuse me, they did make a few. But they weren't, um, they, they weren't, they weren't the ones I saw mainly. I saw a lot of fan art or, or media art, whatever you want to call What's- it. Awesome. Yeah. Like you got all these guys, you know, cool. Good on them. You know, shout out to James Larson. Like um, he went out there and he was posting a lot of the pics and all that. And he did a good job with that. And that there are fans out there that wanted it. Right. 
So, I mean, like, they sure. wanted the information. They were in the middle of the night figuring it out. And I was messaging with James back and forth. Like, I, I really shouldn't. Maybe I maybe I shouldn't blow up that spot. But we there was, like, some interesting stuff with a couple of generals players. Like, he kind of knew where they were headed. The players themselves, what was funny was, like, the players themselves didn't know where they were going. I had one player. You can, like, fill in the, the blank on this one. But I had one player who was hoping to go to D.C. and was hoping that he wasn't picked during the dispersal draft. And then he ended up with Memphis. You can guess who this is. And he was uh, and um, he ended up with Memphis and he was like, oh, I'm happy I'm with the showboats for sure. But he was kind of hoping that he would get bypassed during the first phase so he can go. You know, yeah, some some players love uh, are interested in certain teams, especially if they are close to where they lived and all that. So you can you can do the guesswork mm-hmm. at home. But there were cool fans out there. If it's not for these fans that are dedicated, if it's not like for you know, like the the guys like there, like the James Larsons, all these guys who are trying to provide info for fans. You know, they're trying they're trying to go out there and do that. You know, you're basically you're in the dark. You're in you're in guest mode. Like I said, during that period, I had players and agents, a couple GMs who said, Mike, don't give out the info. So, you know, it's like the way it is. KJ said when people don't know and can't easily discover it, diminishes interest and erodes faithful following bottom line. That's 100 percent accurate. That's a million percent. KJ's KJ's coming up with a lot of awesome points. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it's it's the truth. There's no, no need to follow up on that. That's as accurate as it's spot on spot on. You got you have dedicated you have dedicated fans, right? And the dedicated when your dedicated fans are like, you know, even they're like, you know what? Uh, screw it. You know, when they're when you have how are you gonna attract uh outside fans into this? You gotta make a big deal, you gotta build up anticipation, you gotta you gotta like get the word out, get attention on your players and your product. You gotta treat it like it's a big deal, not like it's an afterthought, let's get this over with. That's not a good way to promote a league. Nope, nope. It just makes you think that, I mean, if it's not important to them, why is it supposed to be important to us? 100%. 100%. Uh, Jude said, also rosters are quite confusing. Have, have to search 15 different websites and decipher whether they're still on the team. I'm totally agreeing with you, and that's why I have not done any like serious coverage of players because it, it's hard to find. I was trying to find coaching changes before we got on just to talk yeah. about those. And I mean, you really only see them on Twitter, you know, the, the major ones, but otherwise there's not much information out to know. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We're in the year 2024. Like, you know, like, uh, like get with it, like post the rosters, have them readily available. That should be the easiest thing to look up for fans. I think we're going to get at some point. Um, hopefully the league releasing their full coaching staffs, you know, just showing you, even though they're going to be uh, minimal, um, at least releasing that. We're still seeing changes there. Wade Phillips is still looking to add coaches to his defensive staff. Might end up being his own defensive coordinator. Brian Stewart left. Seems like Middle Tennessee State has a couple of different XFL coaches now. They got a couple of different roughnecks there on that staff. It's cool under Derek Mason's staff. But hopefully they release those coaching staffs. We could see some changes before camp arrives. I mean, camp's coming February 24th, so. Oh, Jackie, Jackie, what's up? She said, hi, Jackie is a host of Horns Forward podcast and they cover uh, the Brahmas exclusively. Uh, Pretty good show. Just want to give her 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 her, her flowers, as my friend said the other night. Uh, So, uh, man, what do you think about like 
in terms of the free agent pickups, we saw a lot of different things go on. You've seen some players get waived and others picked up. Do you feel like some of this was already kind of premeditated? Did they already have their ideas of who we were picking up as free agents before actually going into the draft? They're still recruiting right now. Like uh, there's a phase of this where um, each one of these teams are still trying to recruit players that were on practice squads during the NFL season who didn't sign futures deals. They're still trying to recruit. It's hard for me to believe that DC is going to war what they got currently in that quarterback room. I saw that Troy Williams signed with Memphis. I think Troy Williams is a better quarterback than DeAndre Francois. I would have preferred him in Fred Kais' offense. But I think these teams are not done yet. I think until we get – last season we saw this. I, you know, the numbers escaping me, but I want to say over two dozen players played in the XFL that will finish the season on, on NFL rosters, on practice squads, even some that signed futures deals. You got Brandon Smith, wide receiver for the defenders, Michael Bandy. That's pretty crazy with Michael Bandy this year. He was signed and released off a of Denver Broncos practice squad at least seven or eight times during the entire season. He finished the season with like a futures deal, was with the Chargers, all that. So I think these teams are still recruiting. I think the Battle Hawks are still recruiting. I think the Defenders are still recruiting. We know how good Potter is over there. Um, Zachary Potter with the Birmingham Stallions and bringing in talent. I still, I think we could see some key free agent signings as we get closer to camp. You know, sometimes you're settling for guys. There are guys on your list that you, one through five that you would love to add. They say no, they pass. They end up signing with an NFL team or practice squad, a futures contract, whatever. And then you end up going to six through 10. So, but I, I think these teams are going to still add players as we go along here. Um, uh, Trace McSorley or somebody like that would be interesting for the defenders. I'm just keep, I'm just keep throwing that name out there. I don't know if you'd want to play in the, look, you're not going to play in the NFL unless everybody gets hurt. So um, I think he'd be a nice fit for Fred Kaiser. It'd be nice to see Jordan come back. Like Jordan Tiamo yep. come back. Um, he, he had the best year of his professional career last season with DC. He was like a perfect fit in that offense. Um, be great if he does come back. I know they're holding out hope that he does decide to return to the league. It would be cool if he did, but if not, they need to start entertaining other options. Yes, sir. Better than Francois. I think we're going to see some shifts in, te- in teams, no doubt. There's going to be a lot of changes occurring. And then players that we think supposed to stay and be there, I bet you will be dropped as well in that, that shuffle. Yeah, we're, we're talking. Short. They got to pare down those rosters significantly from 70. There's only so many spots remaining. We're going to see a good number. You're going to start seeing, I think we saw Corey Coleman. You're going to see a good number of veteran guys that will be listed as released or don't opt to not play in the league. That might be because of the new setup. That might be because the, you know, the, you know, win bonuses, all that stuff, though, they may decide, you know what, it's just not worth it. I'm not going to, you know, so the guys will move on like the Max Borges of the world. I mean, wouldn't shock me if like a Keem Butler, you know, maybe an AJ McCarron doesn't play in the league. We'll see. So come camp, they have to have 75 people on rosters. Once the season begins, they have to have 50. And then they'll have 42 active players to play with on game days and with a third quarterback. So that doesn't include in the 42. Right. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um in a perfect world, the rosters would be larger. On game I agree. Um, they they make do what they make do. So, so they condensing everything. That's part of their strategy. You know, I don't know what the payment is for players. If everybody's even going to agree to a union, we still don't know that uh, completely at the moment. Um, 
But, you know, like the active players get paid a hell of a lot more under the union setup. I think they get $5,500 a week. And if you're inactive, you get $2,500 a week. So that's a big difference, right? Yes. So, yeah. So, I mean, and injuries happen. So, you know, those a lot of those inactive guys will eventually end up getting, you know, active game checks. Uh, we'll, so we'll, we'll see how it all goes. But I do think I think people are dismissing the possibility of these teams adding key players as we go further along, as we get towards uh, the end of February. What, who do you think right now, one free agent that's left that's going to get swooped up? What's one on your mind? Somebody that you can't shake off. Mm. Well, I, you know, I was really excited about the possibility, and I don't know if he's going to play with the league because I don't think he signed a letter of intent. It's unfortunate, but I, he's one of my favorite players dating back from college. I was really hoping that Tavon Austin would join the league. Um, he's one of those veterans I'd like to see I, I, if he still has it. You know, Trace McSorley, I keep mentioning him uh, over and over. I'd like to see him in the league. I think there's certain offenses he can fit in. Um, you know, those are just a couple of guys off the top. I'd have to sit down. I'd have to sit down and look at all the available free agents and get a list together. But um, I'd like to see some. I'd like to see some of these intriguing quarterbacks. I mean, like I wrote an article uh, about Josh Rosen, whatever it was last year. I think that ship has sailed. He's got enough money in his bank account. He doesn't want to do it, and I, there's no guarantee that he would even be good. But I, I think a guy like a Josh Rosen should have considered. Uh, playing uh, in these in the either USFL or the XFL, it would have been good for him. Change the narrative, change the the story arc for his career. Instead, he goes down as like one of the biggest busts of all time, who bragged about making all NFL teams pay. Um, so those kind of guys, like the quarterbacks, intrigue me. You're only gonna the quality to play is only going to be as good as your quarterback position. So right now I'm a little bit concerned. There's some teams that are way ahead of others, but if you got no AJ McCarron in the league, if you got no Jordan Tayam in the league, no Alex Magoo, who's tremendous last year, um, you know, if you have like the, some of these young guys are going to have to step up, you know, um, and and uh, bring up their level of play, and maybe one or two will emerge that we're not expecting at the moment, you know, but. Um, but I, I think the league, if you're not paying quarterbacks above 55K, your scouting is going to have to be very good. You're going to have to seek out the players who and uh, bring in players who have uh, been overlooked and deserve an opportunity. There's some decent quarterbacks that have been released recently, too. So um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. After that Super Bowl ends, we're, I figured a lot of changes will start occurring. And I'm hopeful that we see a lot of those athletes slide down, not to take spots, but just to improve the game in total, in, in my opinion. Well, they've condensed it now. So in theory, rather than 16 teams in this space, you've got eight. So the quality of offensive lines should be better in theory. But I wonder about they'll have some time to be cohesive units before the season starts. But I wonder a little bit about the quarterback position, uh, the quality of play. This That's the biggest key to to any league um there's some guys are gonna have to step up yep that's that's for sure i think thinking off the top of my head there's probably two to three teams that have starters and that's being nice uh yeah but you think if it, if there's no aj there's no jordan tamo 
and there's no Alex Magoo. Those are three of the very best quarterbacks last season in spring pro football. Uh, Case Cook is his back. That's awesome. Um, the Memphis team looks a little scary. So they're they're going to be they're going to be there's not going to there won't be a four and six team making the plus like I don't think Memphis is going to be a four win team based on that roster. Um, anyhow, we'll see how that all goes. But uh, I, I think we need somebody to step up or somebody new to come in to become a star. These leagues, you're only going to be as uh, interested if the quarterback play is bad. Going to be a quick click from people who are watching these leagues. Mm-hmm. A lot of shit to talk about it. You know, yeah, giving them a lot of uh, room on that bone to just go at it and, and bash it some more. Yeah. So uh, I got another question. Let's let's roll into the questions now. Uh, we, I think we're going to get out of here before two hours, man. That's good for us. We never do that, uh, especially with my big mouth. You know, so <laughs> hey, it's cool, man. I let you talk, <laughs> do your thing. It, it's why it works out. This show is for discussion. You know, this isn't a. Uh, you listen to me and I'll leave. No, you talk all you want, man. This is a discussion show, so it works out very well. Thanks. So DeMarcus said, any word on what they did with Anthony Blevins? Did they just pay him out or what? Uh, that's to be determined. I wish I knew more about that situation. I would assume that he's paid out. I feel bad. You know, he left yeah. a standing. This is a guy who left a standing NFL job. I'm hoping he latches on with another staff. I haven't heard anything from his camp um, trying to reach out close. I feel bad. You know, the guy left like he had an NFL. He was interviewing for special teams coordinator jobs, and he had a position with the Giants. It wasn't like he was fired. So as some people assume that he would get one of the jobs. But um, that's the unfortunate thing about this this merger is that like so many good coaches uh, were left on the wayside. And I was actually looking forward to seeing how he does. Cause I like the idea, the premise of a special teams coordinator getting a head coaching role. It's rare. And I think because uh, special teams coaches are involved in every aspect of the team, clock management, they deal with offensive and defensive players. Uh, they coach them up. I think more special teams coordinators deserve that opportunity. So it would have been fascinating to see how he does I don't know. I, you know, I've been asking around. I would assume if he did sign pen to paper and he had contract and all that, they're going to pay. They're, they're either going to pay him while he's at home or they're going to have to buy him out. And that's what was going to end up happening. And there could have been a legal action involved if Wade Phillips didn't get one of these gigs because he wasn't going to get it until Heinz Ward passed. So um, there's good. There could be some like litigations and some legal stuff coming down the pike. Um with a lot of these situations, because I, I, that's something that not a lot of people are talking about is um, how Anthony Blevins got the short end of the stick with this whole crazy merger. Yeah. It seems like anytime a company merger merges with another entity or becomes another entity, there's always those people. They just get the short end of the stick. And that, that happens with normal companies, you know, I'm curious because I know in like normal daily life, a company can do a reduction of force and basically fire you legally in, in some states. I'm curious, sure. you know, why don't they don't go that approach with this? It must be some legal stuff in that state that they're in that I'm not familiar with. But I know even me personally, I've had companies restructure and, and they, they fire you, but they fire you legally. <laughs> yeah, they always find a way when it, it comes to, to when it comes to screwing over employees, the big boys always find a way. You know, yep. it's like uh, the bosses know what they're doing. All right, let's move on to another question. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Uh, Jude, if we see this league succeed in the next few years, could we see some of the older teams come back? You know, I'm surprised they didn't sell it as such because I remember I was told um, when they were paring down the eight teams that that they were going to do the Tampa Bay Bandits message where we're putting these teams on pause, but we'll revisit in the future, uh, revisit them in the future. I really hope so. Like, this league does not – one of the things that affects the ratings is they don't have a um, – like a Northeast presence. They don't have a presence in certain markets, right? Get, they have Texas and all that, but they're not in New York or New Jersey, right? So I'm hoping like the generals, they need that tri-state area presence. I'm hoping they actually play in there because they didn't mean anything when they were playing in Ohio or whatever. So um, they didn't mean anything to the market. So I'm hoping that they they that some of these teams they I could see them coming back. I would I'm personally like rooting. Maybe it's just my my because I'm born and raised in New York. My bias from there. I'm a Generals fan from the '80s. I'd like to see the Generals like legitimately come back. I think some of these teams could be brought back, but like we got to get to the point where this league is profitable, where and where they can expand. It would have been you see they didn't make that promise. They could have said we're putting these teams on pause, but next year we'll be bringing some of them back. And that would have been like, whoa, but they can't make that promise and not deliver upon it. So for now they're eight. I know Russ Brandon was interviewed on St. Louis radio. I think, it, um, I can't remember the name of the show now. So please forgive me. Maybe Randy Carricker or something. Uh, Brooke Grimsley. I think he mentioned the possibility of expansion because he was asked about it. Everybody always brings up expansion. So when it comes to these things, so you would think that they would go to some of these markets that were already established. The thing is with the USFL side, even though I'm waving the flag for the generals, they never played in their market and not for four decades. So did they, was there really that big of an attachment? Did people even notice that the generals were around the same thing with the maulers, et cetera, et cetera, in their specific markets. So uh, I'd like to see, cause I like the brands that were established and I'd like to see a couple of these teams be uh see seattle and all that but i think the league's it's for sure but i think the league might decide on different markets you want to go to you want and there's no disrespect i like seattle but i think the the league needs to go to markets that have that like stl or dc vibe where they're like they really want like an oakland right like that's been shortchanged in the nfl game and that that you know you 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 need a little bit of that west coast flavor too that would be nice if they branched out hopefully they get to that point but first things first they got to figure out a way to go from surviving to thriving and to to start creating revenue sources and to sell their league just simply merging and doing commercials is not going to be enough we'll see i agree. hope it is hope it I is i've said it a thousand times and you got to get out in those communities and make a name for yourself it, no matter what you're doing you know it, it's the community is what's going to support that team at the end of the day. And you see that in those cities. And like you said, it, it happened in St. Louis. They don't have to do much, but have a team and, and make it something worth supporting. And boom, there they are ready to roll. Yeah. And it, it's just great. Because, you know, they went to, it was funny with the XFL in 2020, they went to two markets that were like, you know, the Washington, that, that whole side of thing with Dan Snyder and all the issues there they, the defenders struck a nerve in a market where, and then of course, St. Louis, they got shortchanged by the NFL. So they were ready to embrace a pro football team and make a statement. So yes, I think, I think you need to choose markets where um, there's really like a craving 
for a pro football team where they really want a pro football team. They want to back it. They want to prove that their market deserves one. And so, uh, so we'll see how that all goes. Maybe, maybe we'll have one of the recycled teams at some point, but I have a feeling that if they do expand, they might be looking at new blood, new markets. Makes sense. It really does in certain degrees. Plus, people burned aren't going to keep getting burned. <laughs> they will just. I loved. It. Off and I kept hearing. <laughs> I kept hearing Canton, Ohio, was going to be a part of this merger from people within the league, like people who weren't. They weren't the tippy top because of the the Russ Brandons, Eric Shanks, all them. They knew where they were headed all all the time. But they people kept mentioning Ohio. I wish they. I love the Ohio market for football, whether that be Columbus or what have you. I think the USFL dropped the ball not having a, a team named after an Ohio, you know, and playing in that market rather than so maybe that's that stadium's great. So and it, the size and all that that backdrop, I think it's perfect for spring pro football. So maybe they reconsider that as well. Um, we'll see what happens down the road. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, let's move on. A couple more questions, and we're gonna hop off, man. I appreciate your time. It's been almost an hour and a half, so thank you. Thanks, Matthew. I'm gonna try to do that that one day, like you're that funny. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, I know I got the uncircumcised thing going on, but I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna need to do the the skeptical. Yeah, I love the angle the angle you have, you know, it's just so I hilarious. The, I put it in the corner and then you just you just set it up right there, you know. Um, it's like perfect. It's it's to keep the angle of getting everything, I, I like this. I like getting all the stuff in the background. Because what I found when I'm listening to podcasts, sometimes I get bored of what the person's saying or doing. And if I can look and see things that are that will keep my attention, I keep listening. And so that's one of my that's concepts cool. on it. Uh, cool. Yeah. I, I don't want to be like everybody else either. So that's kind of another thing is I'm all about being different. And you look like you're skeptical of the individual you're talking to, you know, it's like <laughs> just the angle of your head. It's something that my, my one of the best guys in the space, Pat Rafino. Oh, mentioned yeah. to me. And I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> unsee it now. It looks like you're like, wait till the beard gets yeah. longer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> now, now we're moving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's roll on to some questions. Uh, hmm. So, Football Forever said, any idea where the championship game might be played if it's a neutral site again? Question mark. You know, for the longest time, everybody keeps mentioning St. Louis. Right? Yep, yep. And, uh, and that was like the original idea for last season, but then they chose San Antonio instead. So, every, the assumption is St. Louis. I'm... Uh, I'm ho a neutral side game would be fun, like in Canton, and I wouldn't rule it out. You know that possibility. Um, it's not a bad move, but you know it, the thing is, like, how well are you? Like last year with the XFL championship game, what I thought was very cool was there were fans from each fan base that actually traveled to San Antonio. Of course, you had the DC fans at the game because their team was in there, but there were actually Guardians fans. I'll rest in peace and all that at that game. So if you do have the Battle Hawks site, the Dome, St. Louis, as the neutral site game for the UFL championship. Do Battle Hawks fans show up if their team's not in it? Forget about it. They'll sell the thing out if their team's playing for a championship, <laughs> right? You go, yeah, you, but if their team is not, you know, if it's like uh, whatever, Stallions and Renegades or whatever the hell, do they, they might show up still, but not to the extent if their own team was playing there. I think St. Louis makes the most sense. Um, 
if if it's a neutral site like a Canton, Ohio, you could pick a neutral site that maybe has no direct connection to the league, but uh, but you would only do that if you have plans on potentially going into that market in the future. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so if you, that would be the only reason to do that, but Canton would be cool. But I think I think St. Louis is the best way to go. I agree on that. I mean, it's it's one of the better stadiums as well. I like San Antonio and stadium wise in, in my yeah, opinion. Sure. It it was really nice. They had a lot of room. There was a ton of space. I mean, I've been to three St. Louis games in the 2020 season and it was completely packed and there was no space. <laughs> so hopefully they open up that top row and make the room a little extra. But uh yeah, either way it, it it'll be good and if they do do it, you know, they can do it outside, can't they? I mean, you probably wouldn't want to because it's going to be hot as balls that time of year. But... Right. Yeah, I think you'd like to avoid bad weather if you can. I mean, in this case, bad weather would be, I mean, you could get rain, right? But bad yeah. weather would be like 108 degree weather. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, yeah, yeah, you'd like to avoid that if you can. So, I mean, that limits your options. I guess Michigan, St. Louis, uh, San Antonio. But I would think STL is the way to go on this one. I think, and then you, even though the league's not allowed to say it, you if if you're in the office, you're rooting for the Battle Hawks to get to that point. Kaka, kaka. <laughs> All right, let's go with one more question, Mike. Then I'm gonna let you hop on off, man. Let me find a good one. <laughs> I got, I got to do it, Mike. <laughs> Go for it. Like he said, why does Mike Mitchell look like a Ninja Turtle who got cut from the team? <laughs> Leonardo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I had to. Uh, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Old, I, the Ninja good. Turtles are awesome. The Ninja Turtles are awesome. I love those old movies. Uh, Nothing pisses trolls I'm, off more than laughing at it. It's okay. Yeah, it's funny. Like, <laughs> you can be funny. Just so, like people, uh, you can't take a troll serious. That's ever. the thing. Like, yep. ever. Yep. If a troll is always, if you trolls stay trolling, so that I make that mistake sometimes because you try to like, you want to get past the like the, the asshole layer and find the human behind it and like maybe it's like a cool football fan who knows stuff, and then you find out nah it's just an asshole. You know? yeah. yeah. So it's like you know because I really I really like you know I, I like I said anybody who supports these leagues and promotes them. And his incident because I'm an advocate for them, right? And and so anybody, like I said, you still you we you may uh, you may not like me for some nonsensical reason, uh, something you made up in your own brain that has nothing to do with reality. You may have no receipts whatsoever to like support anything, Um, but you if you're supporting these leagues, that's the most important thing because these leagues don't you know we're inside this bubble, right? But like. Got to tell you, like a lot of the mainstream football fans don't know that these leagues exist and they don't care and they don't think they're important. And you'll see that you'll see the term minor league. And um, so you need as many fans as possible supporting these leagues. Um, it's just unfortunate that there's like the. I hate to say this, I get in trouble for this guy. I get in trouble with my SI article, but I had to call people out for for. For running with rumors as fact rather than talking about them, for reporting yeah, them as fact. Either. That's something right? I can't stand personally. Right, right, right. Don't run with rumors as fact. So, my, but my big thing is, unfortunately, like, and it's in every community, but there's a lot of aspects in this community that suck. 
And so it's you hold your nose. I can't listen to a lot of these shows. I can't read a lot of these articles. It's just there's not a lot of people bringing much to the table. There's not a a lot of Pat Rafino's, Greg Parks. They need more of those kind of guys in this space. Anthony Miller's need more of those guys. Um, And so you may you and then if you're an outsider looking in and you see these groups and you read their opinions. You know, and then you're like, oh, it doesn't look like, oh, I don't want to go in that. I don't want to go in that room. I don't want to go hang out. I don't want to I don't want to embrace. I don't want to embrace this product. It doesn't seem cool. Doesn't seem interesting. So, you know, so it's like, you know, so you just, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate, but it, it is what it is. But I know that's uh, come off like a jerk for saying it, but it's like, because I, it shouldn't be policing this thing. It's not, you know, it's not my business to do exactly. so. Exactly. Exactly. But, but it's, but you know, so it is what it is. But, you know, you know, and just we, we got to be better. Right. So like uh, hopefully all around and uh, hopefully the, the people that are out there continue to support these leagues, buy tickets, you know, get merch, uh, continue to promote these players. You know, you hate when I whenever I see mainstream fans crap on these players or coaches, I get so upset. I have to resist hitting send. So um, so if you continue to be an advocate for a league, even if you're misinformed. Agreed. Hundred percent, and that's why I kind of started this originally was because I got tired of the bull crap. I mean, it, it was hard to find real things, and I latched on to guys like you and Pat. I mean, before I was interacting with Pat, and I'd say friends with Pat, like I was, I I wanted to message him, I wanted to talk to him, just to pick his brain about things. And it's pretty cool how when you come in this community and you provide that positivity and the network and it, the this dedication i mean there's they, some guys respect you for it you know yeah awesome. and there's some guy yeah there's some guys out there like i'm not mentioning that have do of you know i notice your work you know um uh, nicholas thorne there are some guys out there that are doing nice work man they do their research they do their yep. homework they pay yep. attention it's not like a oh boy i'll get in trouble for this but uh, he followed me. Or it's not an RJ Young situation where you put an all league team out there and forget to put an offensive lineman. Um, you know, it's like one of those deals. Um, <laughs> I did an all USFL team and I went ahead like I'm crazy. Like I DVR all the games, I watch them multiple times. And then I had players reach out to me. Of course, players are upset when they're not included, right? And then, like, you know. And then, so sometimes you get some of that, right? It's kind of hard. I made like a more ridiculous uh, all USFL team where I had like I honorable mention list was like freaking huge. It's like 50, 60 names. Cause I'm, I know these, these guys, these players who play in the league, and this is the problem with fanboys is the fanboys go out of their way. I'm not going to mention, here I get in trouble again, mention names here, but there are some players right now that are getting publicity that, you know, like, you know, played like one season at a community college and they're, you know, that, you know, guys are just going out of their way to to be friends with players that they'll amp them up, hype them up. But the players that play in these leagues, they're so appreciative Oh yeah, um, of when you give them. And these are guys who played at uh, power five schools, all that stuff. But you, you quickly are forgotten. Um, and once you leave college, only 1.9% of all college football players make the national football wow. league. So, so only 1.9%. So even all those great players you see in Georgia, there's only a fraction of those Georgia players are going to make it to the NFL. So um, so it's cool 
you know, and it's cool when these players get their recognition and they get the attention they deserve. There are some players in the league that are just ridiculously good. Like, um, and that like Darius Shepard for the battle Hawks is coming back to them. To me, he's, he may not be on an NFL roster, but he's an NFL player. So the the NFL may not, you know, they may not roster him, but I'm sorry, he's an NFL player. So I've seen enough. So um, there are players out there like that that deserve recognition, deserve write-ups, that deserve um, uh, to be talked about and publicized. And I'm glad all these fan sites exist out here and the fanboys are are going all in to promote players. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they do do that as well. A lot of, as long as it's not toxic, I think any talking point's a good point. And when it comes yeah. to this stuff, because it just generates the word. And that's kind of what I've told everybody in, on my team. And as well as people that I partner up with, it's like, dude, if you do good, cool. You bring me with you on an accident. It, it's not a, your, your work is my work We're we're doing the same thing. It's the same topic. I mean, so if you right. can go do better, go do it. And it helps every one of us in this community more and more. And I've really tried to preach that, but you know how it goes. Some people are just so tribal. They've got to be hooked up with a, a, a certain click of, of way of thinking. Yeah, so it is crazy. We should all be on the same side on this because our side is very small. Exactly. Like, comparatively speaking, we're, our side is very small. Yep. There's not a lot of cool. I wish there was more uh, Rick 8-Bits or Ken Gills or all these guys that are out there. So it's uh, so it, we, we need more of them. Hey, that's what we're here for, man. That's what I try to do. So hopefully it works and we get some good stuff going. All right. Last thing I got for you, Mike. Brian W. He said, got to call Mike out on Casey's dad. Laugh out loud. It's the legendary Craig Sager. Craig Sager. Oh, my God. Musician Bob Steger. Oh, I'm so, oh, my. What a brain lock. Damn. Boy, did I. You know, it's funny. when 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 it came out of my mouth and I said it, I said, that doesn't sound right. And I just went along. Oh, my goodness. Casey's going to kill me. I'm so sorry. I really apologize. Craig Sager, not Bob Sager. I don't know why I went there. It's an easy name to remember. That's probably. Oh, yeah. It's just like, I guess I had both Sagers in my brain. But I know when it when it came out, I was like, that doesn't sound right. What, what did I do? And I just went along. He just kept going. So thanks, Brian. Thanks for pointing it out. I feel like such a damn fool. That's why we got to. Ta- that's why we got to tape these things. You know, no more live stuff. <laughs> hey, the live's a lot more fun. Dude. We don't have the interaction we have without. That's it. true. Oh, the stuff off the air sometimes is more entertaining than the stuff that's on the air because it's yeah, all the no stuff. That I, all the stuff I'm not allowed to say on air. So anyhow, but um. Good Lord. And, you know, I've been up since 5 o'clock in the morning, too, so I can't use that excuse. Craig Sager, Craig Sager, legendary Craig Sager. Jesus. Yeah, Rick 8-Bit said it's that 5.30 wake up. No. Yeah, it's almost 5.30 now because of my big mouth. So um, (laughs) just yapping. Like I said, I go around my back to touch my elbow. All right, last comment. Uh, XFL Mike G, he's the editor-in-chief of the podcast. He said, during the merger, I was hoping we'd get twice the experts. Instead, we got twice the tribes. Oh, or he didn't say twice, but I, I will say twice. Well, what I thought would be fun about this, Mike, and it's a very good point, but, you know, tribalism, it's always part of it. You know, you got, you got like, no matter what field you're in, WWE, AEW, the wrestling stuff, there's a tribalism there. But um, I thought during all the fun part about all this is I don't mind the trash talking. Like, if the Stallions 
beat the renegades like 47 to 7 i don't mind like whoever's like a usfl loyalist or whatever if, if you're waving that flag um if you're saying ha told you you know that kind of thing i've, I've already got the stallions picked to win the championship in the ufl championship so i mean they're two years two years running but i don't mind that kind of tribalism that kind of trash talking that might be fun like if all of a sudden like the renegades killed the stallions in the opener or the xfl team sweep the USFL in week one, there's going to be a good number of like XFL fans out there that go, huh, told you the XFL is a better league than the USFL. These guys don't yeah. know what they're, you know, what they're coming for. I told you. So, I mean, like there's going to, you know, so that kind of trash talking, I don't mind because we get that all the time in the NFL and in pro sports. The, tr- the weird tribalism when you got a discord with like 37 yahoos or, you know, you know, like, you know, you're, you know, I mean, come on, man. Like, that's like, just like, it's just like pathetic. So, and then you got shows out there that are like, you know, t- doing World League of American football stuff, and they they change the name of their podcast like five or six times, and then you listen to it for five minutes, and the and the guys who are supposed to give you World League of American football facts are just botching everything left and right. They don't even get their information correctly. Oof. I'm sorry if I tell the truth when I write articles, if that upsets you, but I didn't, I never reported rumors as fact, but unfortunately you change your podcast title every five minutes because you're hoping somebody will eventually notice you. You know, if your first name is Fran, it's not going to work out for you. They're just going to assume it's a <laughs> cooking show with some lady. All right. It's time to go. <laughs> You must have some good coffee over there. No, <laughs> oh, it's a strong one. Yeah, I just the shovels out. You know, the shovels out. I kill. I killed the. I killed the XFL during this. The UFL and everybody else in between. Hey, man, I'm I'm a straight shooter. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on today. It's always a pleasure when you come to the show, and you're always welcome. Uh, me and, and many many others look for you and your your news and your your approach to the way these things are covered so appreciate you all the respect in the world for me man seriously hey heroes in a half shell turtle power (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if anybody remembers that theme song but (laughs) i remember those are some of my favorite movies as a kid but anyway man team leonardo all right thank you matthew for having me on i gotta get i gotta get to I got to get to sleep, but as soon as I get to my phone, uh, that's going to keep me up for a little while there. And then and then I got editors that are probably going to ask me to write some stuff. And, and then I got to, AJ McCarron might be dropping some bombs on the other show. So we'll see. I appreciate you greatly, Mike, man. Seriously. Thank, thank you for year. having me. Always. Check out Matty Fresh's show. Did that drop today? Did, yeah, that, that should be dropping right about now. Cool. Uh, yeah, Matty's... Uh, you know, there could be some, we'll see what happens, but there could be some, there could be some truth bombs that are dropped on that show. Hopefully, uh, Battlehawks fans are not upset after they hear some of that stuff. But hey, you know, when you're, when you're a player, you have to address whatever concerns you have, right? Exactly. So, so, and then somebody with a voice like AJ's, um, you know, you can be heard. So and check out Maddie's show. Maddie does some good work there. I don't know about his real name is Fresh. The last name is Fresh, though. It's highly unlikely. At least oh, yeah. you have a re- 
At least you have a regular last name, Tyler. <laughs> Frank. <Right. laughs> Maddie's a cool guy, dude. You just got. I love. I love Maddie. You, I love Maddie. You're, you're, I've you're been on his show. Dude, I man. like. Yeah, I'm teasing. I'm totally I know, teasing. I, know. I was on the phone with him yesterday, so it's just you know the the whole fresh stuff. It just reminds me of, like the '90s rappers. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's for. That's what model yeah. after. <laughs> that's completely what it's for. So, all righty, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you. I got all your stuff going. I'll stick it in the notes. Um, anything you want to say for you hop off? No, but uh, thanks for the support. Anybody who's out there who supports uh, uh, this concept and the people who cover it, I appreciate it. And um, thanks. Thank you, Matt. I like it, man. Thank you. Next time we'll get you on. Hopefully, we'll have. Real ex, dude, I did it again. Real UFL stuff to discuss, such as players and, and actual people that are on teams and practices, and that'll be yeah. really cool. So we we got we got some cool we got some cool stuff coming up. The rules, it's how they roll it out. But we're gonna get the rules. We're gonna get the schedule. There'll be new players that join the league, so uh, things will start to ramp up with more news as we go along here. Well, I appreciate you, Mike, dude. Take it easy. Till next time. Thank you, Matthew. Yes, sir. Have a great day. For night. <laughs> All right. Wrapping it up. Appreciate Mike coming on. Always a pleasure having him as a guest. I enjoy talking to him. I wish we had more time to talk off air, honestly, because just to pick his brain and, and discuss some things with him would be really cool. I know at the championship game, I had the opportunity to sit by Anthony Miller, and, and it was an awesome time just discussing things with him and hearing his, his point of views when it came to the game of football. And then plus seeing the Renegades win, he was a big fan of that, so it was all cool. Uh, guys, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for watching. This is the new show, UFL Insiders Podcast. It's It should be great. We're going to keep on dishing out some content. Keep in mind the AFN interview series is rolling too. Basically, if I have guests or, or a personality that I want to interview, then they'll be on that AFN interview series. Otherwise, you'll see all the UFL and UFL-based content stuck to this this series here. It should all work out well. Uh, check out the AFN interview series if you haven't. Short interviews. I'm trying to get different walks of life all the way around, so we'll see what happens. It's all football related, though, so any guest has something to do with football, whether it's player, coach, media, whatever. They're there. Uh, the Alternative Football Network is rolling. We have the website going. Have a large crew now, a large team, so everybody that's listened or a part of that team, appreciate you greatly. Look forward to seeing your contributions and what you do. Uh, we had our first official article dropped last night. Uh, RJ, the Brahma Bulletin, uh, wrote about the San Antonio Gunslingers. So check that out. It's a good little preview. Gives you a little idea of what's going on in that league. <clears throat> uh, appreciate everybody, uh, whether you're a part of the team or you're a partner. We have many partners as well. So thank you. If they're on the website, they're either part of the team or a partner. And regardless, we're all going to support each other and make this thing good. Always a pleasure, guys. I hope that I can keep providing you good content and just like not being dry. My, my thing is I'm trying not to do just what everyone else is doing, really trying to get out and get the word out and, and do some original content. Uh, thanks to the UFL for letting me cover the league. And thank you to the UFL board, as always. Appreciate you, UFL board. I share a lot of their articles. Uh, they, they show us off on their website and do some things as well on our end. So thank you. UFL board. Appreciate you greatly, greatly, greatly. And thanks to the UFL. I appreciate you as well. Uh, it, it's good. I mean, we're official media entities in the UFL now with the AFN. So 
should be some big things, good things coming. But regardless, thank you for watching. Keep it clean. Don't be toxic. I mean, you you saw what, what we do with the haters tonight. I mean, it's not. I'm not going to get mad. But we're going to laugh at them. It's our shows aren't here to provide clout or to make us look big or cool or to give us a position of power. What we do is is all from the heart, and we provide content. And I personally, I do the podcast. That's my thing. But now we have all these other avenues of content that can be prepared. So and there's a lot of different individuals involved now. I think I'm wanting to say like 14 or 15. So it's it's really awesome. AFN has taken off. And I'm telling you, we're going to do some big things. So appreciate everyone along the way. Seriously. Check us out. Uh, I'm, I haven't had, I didn't schedule next week's show yet. It'll be on Facebook and all the, all the socials once I do. I'm working on a guest. Should have a good guest. I just got to make sure our time's working out. And I don't want to say it until it's for sure, you know. So just check for that. Thursday next week, the 8th, I will have Chiron Rogers on. Uh, he's a AFL athlete. That should be a good conversation as well. So check that out. And that's on the AFN interview series, not the UFL insiders. <clears throat> that's it for me. I'm out. Take it easy. Be good. Be safe. Uh, don't do drugs <laughs> unless they're the good kind. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. It's always real. I enjoy it greatly. Seriously. Go hard. 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 Touchdown like a hands on. When the circle turn to my home, can't get me out of my